So we would like to greet everybody this wonderful Sunday morning. Brethren, we've often spoken about Sunday services or as an introduction to Sunday services about the fact that we need the Lord for the week that lies ahead, uh, which is not hidden from the Lord. He knows exactly what's ahead. But uh, allow me to look at it from a different angle. God's word is a mirror. And as we listen to the service, as we'll be listening to the service this, uh, this morning, it is an opportunity to look at the past week and our lives actually up till now in the mirror of God's word. And evaluate what we've done, what we've said, what we've thought, our motives, everything against the standard of God's word. So let's just pray together. We bow before thee this morning, our Heavenly Father. Triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Please, won't you anoint your servant who will be bringing your word to us. And through your Holy Spirit, breathe life into the words. That it will come alive in our hearts and our minds. That we can hear your voice. And that you will glorify your name. We commit the whole service, the message in song, as well as the reading of your word. Everything we commit into your hands. And ask that you will bless it. Amen. Amen. There are two announcements. The first one is that we'll be having a funeral next week, next Sunday. The funeral of Mrs. Zenta Engelbrecht, fondly known amongst us as Tante Zenta or Auntie Zenta. 
uh, Engelbrecht. En Engelbrecht, sorry. And that will take place next Sunday. Then there is one more announcement about seedlings to be handed out. So we'll allow Malume to come and uh, make the announcement. After that, the choir will come forward and after the choir... Uh, I think we'll go straight over to the, uh, the message, bringing the message of God's word. Thank you. Thank you very much for this opportunity. If the Lord decides to keep us, so not this coming uh, Sunday but the following one so uh, Reverend Stegen has asked us to again give out the seedlings like we have done during the youth because we always liked us to plant that's why So please teach your children to start planting. It is good for us to plant. There is no one who's going to do it for you. You must start doing it for yourself. We can start by helping you at the beginning, but as the time goes on, you must start doing it for yourself on your own. So now that is why we are telling you early to start preparing the soil, remove the weeds and turn the soil, and you can use also the manure to try and make the soil fertile, so that when the time comes, the soil will be ready for you to plant. Yeah. So now, brethren, we beseech you that please bring a, a checkers or a plastic so that when we are handing over you seedlings, you'll be able to use your plastic to put them in. So that when starvation comes, so that you will be prepared and you will have your own food. Long ago, Babam Fundisi has encouraged us to plant, macadamia. to plant macadamia nuts. You can even plant papaya where, where, where there is no frost. Chalan, 
ukuthi senza kanjani siphila kanjani so please brethren start planting let us be a shining light so that when people look at us they will see and learn from us how things are done how to live how to even plant kokanike umcuba nomicompost nibeka kahle phenduli ihlabathi ukuthi manithole ithome nje kodwa ningakhohle ningakhohla uqanda phansi enhlabathini so now please start preparing, gather your compost and turn over the soil, start preparing. But before you do everything, kneel down, ask the Lord to bless your work. Thank you. Steady choir. We will ask uh, for the choir. We're going to sing three songs. The first song is in, in German, where we sing from Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. What shall I fear? Even though enemies may come up against me, I will not fear because Jesus, God, is with me. And one thing I ask, my Lord, one thing I pray is that I may dwell in your house all the days of my life. And... Um, Then the third song will be a Zulu song where we sing about the love of God the Father who sent down his son to come and die for us here in this world so that we can be saved. And we give our hearts, our lives to him in thankfulness for what he has done. Kwaizo kula matula bema tatu gelo kala ngelesu janmani amazwi atatelwe ngwatini ama hubo uche hova ungu kanya wami uinsindi soyami ngyewe sababani na uche hova ungu kanya wami noma klasela impietuze wami gege ngesabe ngege ngbenalo uvalo ngoba uche hova unami inte yoto anjengi kela kukulunkulu kutinglale nlini yake insugu zonke zokupila kwa ke zokupila kwa ami gibonu buhlebe tempele ka jehova no buhlebe kwa nkulunkulu kaso sonke iskati elesibili amazwi futi ngesikati zingilosi ziza e jerusalema ipetlehema zobona umtuana legu ute lapoge kwa bakona njabulo kwa bakona lelo sasa salelo logutige nansi nkosu jesu izelwa bani batangana bachabula bamtumisa unkulunkulu kakosi tutumo unkulunkulu wel pezulu noktula emtabeni kubandu abatoko zelwa nguye elokutina genge sizulu utando lugababa Der Herr ist mein Licht, ist mein Licht und ist mein Heil. Was steht ich nach? Der Herr ist die Kraft meines Lebens allein. Auf wem sollte mir noch grauen? Auf der Seele, auf der bösen Tod. Ich fürchte mich nicht. Auf wem sind Krieg? Auf wem sind Krieg?
I greet everyone here this morning. I remember in the church where we grew up, the preacher used to, they had a custom that the pulpit was high and there were lots of steps going up to the pulpit. And the custom was there that the preacher would walk up halfway and then he would first stop and pray. Well, this morning I feel like that. To kneel here and pray. To say, Lord, please give me what I need. Before I start, I want to play a short sound clip. It's a short clip of Reverend Stegen when he was much younger. And then I'll read you a short story what made me think of this clip. If they could please play it. Now I'm going to use the wrong words. Please excuse me if I do it. Forget about your faith just for the moment. Forget about it. Faith is a strange thing. The more you look at it, the smaller it gets, till it vanishes, and you can't find it anymore. But the more you look at the Lord Jesus, the more it grows, without you realizing it, and being conscious of it. And the Lord said, forget about that. Mind one thing, that there's nothing between you and me that the relationship is unbroken. So that's my business. My business is not to do miracles, not to preach the gospel, not to save souls, but to do his will. And I know his will for me is that there's nothing between him and me, that the relationship with him is unbroken, not an unkind word, not an evil thought, anything, and as soon as something should come or crop up, repent of it immediately. Lord Jesus, may that relationship be perfect with you. People may come after a great miracle and say, but when that miracle happened, were you you conscious of special faith? You hold your head, scratch your head. Wait, I've got to think first of all. I hadn't thought of that. There must have been, most probably, But weren't you conscious of it? No. So what were you conscious of? Well, I came as a child to the Father, and I asked him to do it, and he did it. Jesus is almighty. All power is given to him. And that's the man who is in you, or should at least be there. And not as a prisoner, not bound hands and feet. And the Spirit of God shouldn't be bound in us. That's why we shouldn't grieve him and quench him. When we grieve and uh, uh, quench the Holy Spirit, it is as if we bind his feet and his hands and shut his lips 
and he can't work? Let's not treat him like that. Let, we, let us see to it there's, that there's nothing in our lives that will grieve and quench him, that he can have free sway. And then there's no limit to what God can do if you only will allow him because his eyes run to and fro through the world looking for one person through whom he can reveal himself and show his strength. May God grant that every one of us will be such a person. The world could be turned upside down in a day. And if that doesn't happen, the world will turn us upside down soon. Kafushane u Babu Bekulumango Guti Napegi Ukola Uma Upega Ukola Guba Indo Ebonini Pagubenati Iape Lagota Umas Pega Gujesu Ilago Kuliso Kona no kola we to kulmongo guti e no kulugena kona uguti ashumaili vangela konu tuksinda bantu kotu gutu bleloane bake non kulunkulu buglelo zinga lelfanel bekona aguko ogum shuganisa non kulunkulu ti kono kul loko noksem koge fanuti songe sipege abantu baze bambu zumanga be wenzege ismanga liso stizutina lesuskati wenzegis manga liso Inabe ubu kabanga inu kolo kunga leso skatu tu kolo nga ganani. Kube ilai kabanga utembele ni benge kukuloko. Ngobo kulo giminu kuti ubilelo anebami. No jesu ubilelo anumusesmeni. Espelele ngezikati zonke. Uti umoi ngwele. Asinga mtimi. Asinga mtabugiso impilwe nzetu. Ngoba umasenzi zinto ezipambene nae. Siambamba, siamvalu. Tanga wazino kusabenzi impilwe nzetu. Kora ngaso songe skati skapelisise. Sipe utubilere na betu na ngulu ngulu buila kufanele ubekona sibe sentando inyaki. Just listen to that. His business was not to preach, not to save souls, but to have a clean relationship between God and him. Lo kwa kshoyo ubamfundi suguti okuluge na benga kwa nukshumaela uksindi simpefumulo kutu guti ubilane bake na ngulu ngulu and if something would come up, he said, repent of it quickly. Because we do make mistakes. But let us repent quickly. And I thought of it when I read the story. In the forest of northern Europe and Asia, lives a little animal called the ermine. I don't know how you pronounce it, ermine. Known for his snow-white fur in winter, he instinctively protects his white coat against anything that would soil it. That means that will dirty it. Fur hunters, hunter that, that hunt for the fur of the animal. Fur hunters take advantage of this unusual trait of the ermine. They don't set a snare to catch him, 
but instead they find his home, which is usually in a cleft, in a rock, or a hollow of a tree. Banje bebenga sbege lige unokwaga lesisluwa negote bebe zamuti baotola ikumbilaso lase kona bukjaluti kubese mumeni noma ematualeni. They smear the entrance and interior with dirt. Then the hunters set their dogs loose to find and chase the ermine. The frightened animal flees towards home but doesn't enter because of the filth. Rather than trapped, rather than soil his white coat, he is trapped by the dogs and captured while preserving his purity. For the ermine, purity is more precious than life. Purity is more precious than life. And how often we forget that. How often we come to a situation and say, but I'm forced to do that. I don't want to lose something. I don't want to be seen as someone who spoils it. I don't want to be looked down upon. And then we spoil our fur. Our coat, our white coat. It might be our business, like Reverend Stegan said, that there's nothing between me and God. That is the crux of the matter. I'd like to read a few verses in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. My wife normally tells me I must take a short service. But this morning she didn't say anything. <laughs> so you'll excuse me if I go over a bit. There's so much. But let's read it. True, there is nothing to be gained by it. But as I am obliged to boast, I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. 
Sorry, it's from verse 1. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, God knows, was caught up to the third heaven. And I know that this man was caught up into paradise, whether in the body or away from the body, I do not know, God knows. And he heard utterances beyond the power of man to put into words which man is not permitted to utter. Of this same man's experiences, I will boast, but of myself personally, I will not boast, except as regards my infirmities, my weaknesses. Should I desire to boast, I shall not be a witless braggart, for I shall be speaking the truth, but I abstain from it, so that no one may form a higher estimate of me than is justified by what he sees in me or hears from me. Verse 7, And to keep me from being puffed up and too much elated by the exceeding greatness, preeminence of these revelations, they was given to me a splinter in the flesh, a messenger from Satan, to wreck and buffet and harass me, to keep me from being excessively exalted. Three times I called upon the Lord and besought him about this and begged that it might depart from me. But he said to me, My grace, my favor and loving kindness and mercy are enough for you. That is sufficient against any danger and to enable you to bear the trouble manfully. For my strength and power are made perfect, fulfilled and completed, and so show themselves most effective in your weakness. Therefore, I will all the more gladly glory in my weaknesses and infirmities, that the strength and power of Christ, the Messiah, may rest, yes, may pitch a tent over and dwell upon me. Ngakho kunalokho ngijabulela ukuzibonga ngokuthakathaka bami 
ukuze amandla ka Kristu ahlale phezu kwami ngakho ngenamile ekuthakathakeni nasekuphathweni kabi nasekusweleni nasekuzingelweni nasekubandazekeni ngenxa ka Kristu ngokuba uma ngiphakathaka ikhona nginamandla verse 10 so for the sake of Christ i am well pleased and take pleasure in infirmities insults hardships persecutions perplexities and distresses for when i am weak in human strength then i am truly strong able powerful in divine strength nasekuphathweni kabi nasekusweleni nasekuzingelweni nasekubandezekeni ngenxa ka Kristu ngokuba uma ngiphakathaka ikhona nginamandla we'll read thus far so funda sicinela the first point that came to me when i read this i point lokuqala ekufeka imi langifunda lendaba note here paul's caution to speak for whatever reason it may be there is a cautiousness of speaking speaking about his experience that what was revealed to him that what he saw he even speaks about a man i have known most people say it was him but he says a man i once knew he refers to something of 14 years ago. It's the first time we hear about it. And maybe because now God leads him to do so. But there's a cautiousness of speaking in the wrong time. And my first thought was, how often don't we speak too fast? How often do we get ourselves in a situation where we say something and then afterwards thought, if i just kept quiet now there's no set rule we read in the bible when jesus did miracles sometimes he said go and tell everyone Sometimes the Lord reveals something and he tells you to speak about it. And if you don't do it, you'll be sinning. 
Sometimes Jesus did miracles, and then he said to the person, Don't tell anyone. There are times where the Lord reveals something, but it's maybe not then or not yet our time to speak. I remember Tante Kay, Reverend Stegan's wife. She often said, there are times where the Lord reveals something to you, but it's for you. It's not always, but sometimes the Lord speaks to you, and you will be judged by it. Sometimes we read in the Bible when the Lord did a miracle, then he tells the person, speak to nobody but the priest. There are times where something comes to our ears, or the Lord reveals it, or we see it, where we shouldn't speak to anybody but the priest. To a man of God, so that we can get direction, so we can pray together, so we can be consulted. Sometimes the Lord shows us something, or maybe we see something, and we can't wait to tell the next person. And if we don't do it prayerfully, consider it. Maybe share with the man of God how often we do the wrong thing. Whatever the case may be, when we speak, whatever the Lord showed us, even if a person speaks to me, God allows it, he reveals it. Whatever we speak, make sure it's in line with God's will. The Bible teaches us that we will account for every word. Whether I say it, whether I type it, whether I write it, every word I will account for. Whether I 
You don't need to follow, I'll just read it. Matthew 12, verse 36 says, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will account, will give an account for every thoughtless word they utter. And maybe you say, I did think about it, and I did want to say it. Maybe I'm free then. The Bible says every thoughtless word. But then the next verse is for you. For by your words you will be acquitted, acquitted is to be set free, and by your words you will be condemned. Our words will condemn us. If we don't speak that, what God wants us to speak. Make sure that which has come to your ears and mind are spoken in the right places. And if it's filth that came to your ears, go to a man of God. Tell him what has come to your ears so that he can pray with you. Parents, there are certain conversations between adults between a wife and a husband, it's not for your children's ears. Don't burden your children with things that adults have difficult to, difficulty to bear. It's not for their ears. You burden your children. You speak to them about adult things, and it's too much for them. And Another caution, Paul's caution, is the caution of being of pride. And maybe that's the reason why he speaks like that, that I once knew a man. And he says, I won't boast, but I've been asked to. But he's cautious of the fact that speaking about this will make him proud. Pride is a terrible sin. 
Pride represents the beginning of all sin. When the devil desired for himself the honor and glory that belonged to God. Remember the devil was an angel in paradise when heaven. But when he took that which belonged to God and he made it for himself or wanted it for himself, he became proud. And that was the beginning of sin. In Proverbs 16 verse 5, it says, Everyone proud and arrogant in heart is disgusting. I'm reading it in the Amplified Version. I love the way it says it. Everyone proud and arrogant in heart is disgusting, hateful, and exceedingly offensive to the Lord. God hates the proud. And if we take that which belongs to God, we become proud. If we exalt ourselves above what we measure, we will become proud. If we think it's our doing, we have become proud. If we take the honor for ourselves and don't give it to God, we'll become proud. Now listen what Spurgeon says. Now observe, if Paul was in this danger... We cannot hope to be free from it, for he was eminently a holy man. He was eminently a humble man. Eminently means very much. Eminently a wise man. Eminently an experienced man. Though specially favored, he enjoyed earthly honors. This did not elevate him with pride. He counted all his honors but a loss for Christ's sake. When he had done all, he counted himself to be less than the least of all saints. And the very chief of sinners, he was not carried away or puffed up with self-esteem. 
Lapha sekwenze konke lokhu wazibona engomncinyane kwabangcwele kodwa ezibona eyisona sona esikhulu kunazo zonke lokho akumkhukhumezanga wazibona ngumuntu omkhulu Yet for all that he was in danger of being exalted above measure how much more likely then are we who have not his judgment Kodwa kukhona konke lokho okwenzeka wayesengozini yokuthi angazithola eumuntu oziphakamisayo phezu kwalokho bekumele ukuthi abe kukho kusho ukuthi inkulu kangakanani thina ingozi esibhekene nayo na I'm summarizing just because of time but there are some men in whom self consciousness is so uppermost and so evidently powerful that you can see it in almost everything they do Ngiyakugoqa lokho ngenxa yesikhathi kodwa uyasho la uSpergen ukuthi kukhona abanye abantu lokho abayikho abazicabanga beyikho bona kuba sobala ngalendlela uthi uyambona lo muntu ukuthi noma ikupha kwenzayo uyazizwa impela ukuthi uyakwenzisisa uyakwazi lokho akwenzayo And then he mentions a few things being very easily annoyed because annoyed because they are overlooked in some good work You do something good and no one recognizes you Esuthi kuyavela lokho babonela abantu ukuthi bayacasuka kalula baphatheka kabi labenza izinto bese bangakuthola ukuganyiswa nokuphakanyiswa ngalezinto abazenziwe We get annoyed because of that Spurgeon says that's pride Sicasuke ngenxa yalokho nje uthi usipejeni kukuzikhenya lokho impakama I'm reading what he says or in being easily irritated because they fancy that somebody is opposing them when probably that somebody never even thought of them you see we think everything is about us but there are others to whom the temptation comes in a more refined fashion kodwa kuba khona abanyeke la leso silingo esifika kubona ngendlela ecashini and then he talks about people with more real spiritual knowledge and a deep inwards experience ukhuluma ngabantu abanolwazi olijulile kwezikamoya nakwezenkolo he explains here you can be spiritual god can do something for you and pride can come in uyaveza lokho ukuthi ungaba umuntu wakamoya owenza izinto sejenso uNkulunkulu kodwa ngakho lokho uyiphakamisa uyiqhenya And if you look at another person thank god i know more than that the temptation to be exalted above measure in such a case is near at hand Lapumbu ubuka omunye umuntu bese ube nokubonga ukuthi hawu ngiyabonga ukuthi ngingcono noma ngazi kangcono kunalo muntu uthi ke lapho mawusuku leso sigaba leso silingo sokuthi uziphakamise ngaphezu kwalokho ekhona sisuke seduze nawe Now if God gives any man success in winning souls must we not rejoice in spiritual success it would be ungrateful not to do so but we must be on our guard against boastfulness of the spirit Uthuma unkulunkulu emsizi umuntu ukuba akwazi ukuzuza imphefumulo akumele inuthi sibe nokubonga ngalokho sijabule na uthi yebo singakwenza kodwa siqaphelisise ukuba ingangeni impakama nokuziqhenya God is good to us 
He does a lot for us. Far more than what we deserve. But know for sure the devil will be there to catch us with pride. It's God's doing. And he can take it away like this. I continue, verse 7. And to keep me from being puffed up and too much elated by the exceeding greatness of these revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. A thorn in my flesh, something painful. Something that hurts. Something that's there day and night. When I turn this way, it's there. When I turn this way, it's there. It's always there. And it hurts. When I move, it hurts. And it, we wish it would not be there. If only I can be without it. And then we say, if only I could be without it, I'd be serving him far better. If only it wasn't there, I'll be on fire for Christ. If only that person didn't incite me, I wouldn't have made that mistake. If only people would accept me, then I'd live for him. But God gave him a thorn in his flesh to torment him day and night. And what does this thorn do? First of all, it drove him to his knees. Anything is a blessing which makes us pray. There's the first blessing of this difficulty. This thorn compelled Paul to cry unto God. And having commenced to pray, he resorted to prayer again and again. We may be lax in prayer when all things flow with even current. When things are easy, we pray less. But we multiply prayers when trials increase. Now there are certain things we pray for and God answers our prayers. 
We go to a man of God, he prays, and God does a miracle. That's there, and it must be like that. But there are certain things that is meant to be. Paul says, I prayed three times. Note the significance here when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He prayed three times. Lord, please let this cup pass from me. But after the third time, he realized it's meant to be. Paul prayed three times. And maybe then he realized it is meant to be. For my own salvation. And then he said, Jesus said to him, my grace is sufficient. Grace is the unmerited gift. Unmerited, we don't deserve it. Of divine favor in the salvation of sinners. The Lord said to him, my grace is sufficient for you and is all you need. God gives grace to those who are in need and do humbly come to him for help. His grace supplies us with the power to serve, preach the gospel and endure suffering, persecution and hardship. There are some things in our lives, difficult things, challenges, troubles, that's there for our good. Paul says, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to attack me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Now note every word here. First he says, there was given to me. He reckoned his great trial to be a gift. It is well put. He does not say, there was inflicted upon me a thorn in the flesh, but there was given to me. This is holy reckoning, O child of God, amongst all the goods of your house, you have not one single article that is a better token of divine love to you 
than your daily cross. You could be rid of it, but you would lose your choicest treasure if it were to be withdrawn. At first, the apostle might not have seen the thorn to be a gift, but afterwards, when experience had taught him patience, he came to look at that sharp, pricking, festering torment as a blessing from his heavenly Father. You, outright one, will come to do the same one of these days. There are some things in our lives how difficult it may be that is for our own good. It can be something that's there all the time. It can be something that's in a certain period of time. It can even be a collective of challenges over time. Let us never desire to be rid of those restraints which God has seen fit to lay upon us. They are more needful than we dream. Learn also that we must never envy other saints, other Christians. If we meet with another brother who rejoices abundantly and whom God owns and blesses, let us not conclude that his pathway is all smooth. I remember a man once told me, his mother taught him. And he said, if every person in the world could go to the same place, and every person could see the cross or the difficulty of the next person. And he is able to take his cross or his difficulty and exchange it with anyone there. His mother taught him every person will go home with his own cross. 
If I can see the next person's challenge, I will say, Lord, thank you for my challenge. That you've given me for my salvation. I don't know what is the thorn in your flesh. I don't know what torments you day and night. Could be anything. Could be sickness. How often don't we read in history of men of the gospel who suffered with sickness? One doesn't understand it. But God knows. It might be a concern for people close to us, family members. Might be an inability. If I say, Lord, if I can speak, but I can't. But maybe God wants you to serve him and speak for him regardless. It can be a temptation. Temptations are real, even for experienced Christians. I once asked Reverend Stegan, why is there still so many temptations? And it's there, it's real. Am I doing something wrong? And he said to me, even if the temptation comes a hundred times a day, resist it a hundred times a day. That was his answer. Maybe your thorn is failure. Oh, perfectionists, they hate failure. It's a difficult thing. But sometimes God allows it. I'm not talking when you sin and things go wrong. I'm not talking of that. I'm talking about things where God allows it. And we have to serve God with all our hearts regardless. Reverend Stegan once said, the character and worth of a soldier is never known in times of peace. And if we are soldiers in his kingdom, the devil will attack. There will be difficulty. But that's when our lights must shine. 
That's where God's strength must be revealed in us. That's where we must say, regardless of that, I will serve him with all my heart. And if we don't, then I don't know how we will one day stand on Judgment Day in front of the heroes of the faith and tell them that this little thing made me to stumble. I don't know how we'll explain to them why I lost my temper. Why I got irritated. Why I did the wrong thing. Why I couldn't live for him. And maybe we'll be ashamed if we see what they've come through. And we'll realize that what I've gone through is actually nothing. That thorn can be a small, small splinter. It's just there all the time. Let us guard against doing the wrong thing because of our circumstances. And maybe we say, if our enemies would just stop attacking us. Then we would serve him. Maybe the Lord allowed it. He did allow it. Maybe he does allow that people criticize you. Speak bad of you. Whatever the case may be. But we need to serve him with all our hearts regardless. There is no excuse. I'll close off with a story. Years ago, in the northeastern United States, codfish was a big commercial business. Codfish is a type of a fish. There was a market for eastern codfish all over, especially on the west coast. So they caught this fish in the east coast and had to transport it to the west coast. The demand posed a problem to the shippers. At first they froze the codfish, then shipped them elsewhere, but the freezing took away much of the flavor. The fish wasn't the same when it got there. 
beithathale empumalanga beyisentshonalanga basebeqala ke bezama ukuthi bayifake bayiqandise kodwa ke lokho wasekuba yinkiye ngoba emva kwesikhathi bengabi saba mnandi ngendlela ibimnandi ngayo ngekaqandise so they experimented with shipping them alive in tanks of sea water but that proved even worse basebezama ukuthi bayihambisele inhlanzi zisaphila bayifake kumathanga makhulu anamanzi olwandle kodwa nalokho futhi kwaba neyinkinga zabo they tried everything how to get this fish to the west coast as good as it was when they caught it bazama ngandlela zonkuthi lenhlanzi ngafinyela kanjani la isiwa khona but everything they tried failed the codfish still lost its flavor in addition became soft and mushy wasn't the texture wasn't nice The texture was seriously affected. Finally, some creative person solved the problem in a most innovative manner. The codfish were placed in the tank of water amongst along with their natural enemy the catfish eh lama codfish ngayisethathu efakwe manzini ngesikhathi sezohanjiswake ayisefakwe futhi nolunye uhlobo lwenhlanzi oluyisitha kulezinhlanzi so they found out what was the natural enemy of this fish and they put them alive in a tank together and transported them from the time the catfish from the time that the codfish left the east coast until it arrived at the westmost destination the catfish chased the codfish all over the tank Manje kusukela ngesikhathi kusuka le codfish lohlobo lwenhlanzi lithathwa liswa kulelinye idolobha west kufakwe kulamanzi lesitha sakuhlobo lwenhlanzi ethize nayo bekulokho kuyijahile indlela yonke kusuka kuhanjwa kuyiwa le ibingayinika ukuthula la emanzini Now listen to this when the codfish arrived at the market they were as fresh as when they were caught first There was no loss of flavor nor was the texture affected if anything it was better than before ukunambitheka kwayo bengikalahleki nobuyona nje bengikalahleki empeleni ibiqishi be ibe mnandi ngaphezu kwesikhathi ibisuke ngaso la isuka khona each one of us is in a tank of particular and inescapable circumstances 
Nathi kobo lwe tu sinje kube ngazuti siku la umatange la sepegane nezimo ngazuti askwazu kuzbalege. But in addition to our situation, there are God-appointed catfish to bring sufficient tension that keeps us alive, alert, fresh, and growing. It's part of God's project to shape our character to be more like His Son. There are certain things that God allows. There are certain difficulties that He allows. We should serve Him more and all the better for it. And it should never deter us from serving him with all our hearts. I'm not saying we mustn't pray that the Lord take certain things away. That is also there, but certain things is there for our good. And we can grab it with both hands and use it as a stepping stone. To come closer to our Lord. And to be more like Him. May we use everything that comes our way, that's put on our plate, that we face to come closer to him. And let us know today, no matter how difficult, there is no excuse to say, Lord, but this and this and this. And then one day when we see him, when we stand in front of him, we will say, now I see, Lord, it was the best. Now I understand. Let us serve him with all our hearts. Thank you. Friends, I don't know whether you had the same sensation I had as I listened. It felt to me as if we were standing on holy ground. This, what we've heard about, is no joke. If God humiliates you 
It's a terrible thing. There's no way out of it. You cannot excuse it. You cannot talk it away. You cannot hide it. If God decides to humiliate a person, it's terrible. And yet pride, I think, is the most common sin that we fall into. To look down on others' decisions, the way they do things, their knowledge, and to look down upon it. If you have something of that in your heart, then know you are set up for big trouble. Some people pray, Lord, make me humble. It's a very, very dangerous prayer. But by that, I don't say we should not pray it. But people, if we pray, Lord, make me humble, we don't always realize what we are in for. Because God is going to do it. And when he does it, you are not going to, to recognize it as something coming from God. You'll be reminded of the verse that says it's terrible to fall into the hands of the living God. Yes, that verse reverse refers to being going lost. But when God humiliates you truly to get rid of your pride, it is terrible to fall. This verse comes to your mind. It's terrible to fall into the hands of the living God. And very often God allows you to pray for it for years, for one year, two years, five years, ten years, sometimes fifteen years. Before he starts answering the prayer. And when it happens and the water starts boiling, the pot of God starts boiling. Everything inside you feel like screaming, jumping out, and running, you cannot tolerate it. 
kunomshikashika kube ngazi ukuthi ungamemeza ubaleke kube into ongakwazi ukubhekana nayo And then you remember, oh, but this is what I've been praying for for 10 or 15 years. And sometimes the fact that you had to wait so long is the only thing that keeps you in that pot when God really humbles you and humiliates you. And I'm reminded of the words of the Lord Jesus before he went to the cross. Because that's what you feel like praying when God makes starts humiliating you. The Lord Jesus prayed and said, What shall I say of this hour? Father, save me from this hour. Everything inside of you screams out, Lord, save me out of this. And then the Lord Jesus said, but for this hour, for but for this, I came into this world. Lord, may your will be done. Kote mkulunkulu ati unge ngayelele horo kubangeze msabeni. Ila ucheswe ti mkulunkulu mainzi wintando yako. Friends, pride is a monster. Zishobo uguzipagami, sugu ikenya. But there are few people, I say again, there are few people that will stay in the pot when God starts dealing with your pride. And yet that must happen. God must deal with the pride inside of us. Just that slight looking down upon another person that does a foolish thing. In a very small way, I experience this. Some years ago. And God humiliated me. And from that day on, I was not interested in the extent to which other people were doing foolish things. I don't say it was as deep and as intense as Paul experienced it. I definitely didn't have the glorious experiences of being caught up to the third heaven like Paul had. But from that time on, I lost all interest 
about the stupidness, the foolishness of the people around me. Kodwa kusukela ngaleso sikhathi ngalahlekelwa ngokuphelele ukunakubhula babanye abantu abaseduze kwabo. Because I was so intensely convicted about my own pride and my own foolishness. Kodwa ngaleso sikhathi ngaqonda mina ngobamubhula Oh friends let's be plead God to be merciful upon us. This service of today do not take it lightly. This is no joke. This is serious stuff. If God doesn't do it there's no joke because we walk around with a sin that we can't conquer that will drag us to hell. But if God deals with it, it's also no joke. So I can just say thank you for this message. I think the Lord heard Nikos prayer. He spoke about the pastor when he was young walking halfway up the steps to the pulpit and then stopping praying and then walking further. A young boy once asked his mother, Mother, why is the pastor doing this? She says, No, he's praying to the Lord to help him. And the boy said, But mom, why does the Lord not help him? Well, in this case, it was not like that. God answered your prayer. May this go with us through the rest of the week. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, please save us. Save us from our own pride. We ask it in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.